Welcome back to Reduce One Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bailey. And Bailey, before we start today, I just want to talk about something that I saw on Facebook that really pissed me off. Okay. What do you got for me today, Taylor? Okay, I saw a GoFundMe. I like GoFundMes. Well, I like GoFundMes too, but this one I did not really appreciate. And you're probably going to hear what it was for and be like, well, you're a piece of shit for that one. But but hear me out. Okay. Can I pause you for one second? Yeah, Absolutely. So whenever I hear GoFundMe, it reminds me of South Park and Go Fund Yourself. Oh, yeah. The Go Fund Yourself was really good. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. But anyway, there's this kid who wants a guitar for Christmas, right? That's pretty nice. Don't know what kind of guitar he wants, but it's like a six, $700 guitar. Okay. And his parents have a budget of $100 for a Christmas present. So the parents set up like a GoFundMe for their kid's Christmas present because that doesn't seem too bad. No. No, not not the parents, because there's there's more to it. Okay. The owner of the store, the music store that has the guitar that says that this kid is like a prodigy, really good guitar, will probably only get better. Okay. He said he would knock off $100. I don't like where this is going at all. No, oh, yeah, I don't like where it was going at all either because I read it, but he said he would knock off $100 means that the total now goes from 700 to 500 dollars that's 200 dollars yeah because he knocks off 100 and the parents pay 100 oh, okay okay i got you yeah so he needs help raising the extra 500 dollars and this is the owner of the guitar store or the music store or whatever yes why doesn't he just donate it that is the question i asked myself that i still don't know like he got the money in two days from 10 different people got the $500. Impressive. That was needed. And I was like, oh my God. So whenever we like want new podcast equipment and stuff, do you want us to just set up a new like GoFundMe or something? Uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll get a kid, like a random kid. And we'll say that he is a podcast prodigy. He has like the voice of an angel. Okay. Yeah, he sounds like Bruce Buffer. He sounds he like... Talks. No, he's the next Morgan Freeman. Oh, okay. That's even more buttery and sweet. Yeah, he's the next Morgan Freeman, but says motherfucker like Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. And we're going to find this kid. And what's going to happen is we're going to say all he wants for Christmas is podcasting equipment because he wants to start his own podcast but <laughs> doesn't know how. But we found a person that we're going to partner with that said they would take off $200 of the $4,000 podcast equipment. That would be cold-blooded. And we just need help raising the other $3,800 because we only have a budget of $0. So while that sounds uh, pretty funny and stuff, I don't know if it's really related to today's episode. No, it's not related to today's episode (laughs) at all. It was just I needed to bitch about something because I saw that before we started recording and uh, I thought I would throw it in there. No, I mean, I definitely feel that. It seems a little outlandish that the owner of a music store would start to go fund me instead of just donating it it's in the inventory and even if even like if you knock off the price or whatever i mean no discount's cool but no it's not because you can discount the whole thing i mean i get that but just providing a discount is a cool thing to do but then to start a GoFundMe for the parents like to me that's to me that's super wild that's like a super wild concept it is the most wild concept that I've come across. I mean, it's a good marketing strategy, and it's a great way to sell something. 
but it's fucked up. It's it's definitely wild. I would never. That's not at all where I anticipated that story going. Oh, not at all. No, no, because I didn't anticipate that story going that way either. But uh, anyway, let's um actually get into talking about this movie, the 2019 cinematic masterpiece, The Lodge. I feel like cinematic masterpiece is a little bit of an overstep, but it. But I hear you. The Lodge is the movie we're doing. It was directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. And if I mispronounced those, no surprise. Yeah. I um, mean, it happens. These things these things do happen. Would you like to do the uh, writers since there's three of them? And yeah, I can do the writers. So the writers are Sergio Cassi, Veronica Franz, and Severin Fiala. Once again, I don't know if I pronounced those correct either. And we, if I didn't, I apologize. We hear it, Two Idiots, One Podcast. Don't actually know how to speak other languages, just English. Um, so anytime that we get foreign words, we fuck it up. I mean, I would argue that I don't even necessarily know how to read. So just me attempting should be con- should be seen as impressive. I don't think you know how to speak either there, bud. No, I don't. But... I'm glad that we, uh, we're bringing up mispronouncing names because it's a throwback to the first episode of the podcast. Oh, the unreleased one? No, uh, a classic horror story. Oh. Where we also talk about our inability to pronounce names. All the way back in April of 2022, <laughs> we were mispronouncing names. And don't worry, we'll fucking continue. Absolutely. So, Taylor... The movie today is 2019's The Lodge. We've gone over the director and the writer, or the directors and writers. So, on a scale from one to five, what would you give this? Um, if I had to give this movie a score, on a scale from one to five, it would probably be a two. Okay, and just for anyone who's unaware, one is the worst thing you could imagine, or I guess zero. Uh, the and word- five is super divine basically a perfect film or movie yeah a zero would be a serbian film and a five would be pulp fiction i think that's an interesting scale since they aren't even the same genre of movie uh no because one's great and the other's not but that those would be like or if you want to do a more recent one we did the fight club episode so fight club's a perfect five for me um that'd be the most recent one and yeah, Serbian film, which we will never review, that it would be a hard zero. So back to the what lodge. the fuck was that? That was an accident. I used my foot. Did you use your foot for making children cry? It's like a child's weeping. Yeah. Anyway, what Kicking would you toddlers? <laughs> Kicking toddlers. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that uh, reminds me of today's movie. But no, if you uh, if you had to give it a score on a scale from one to five, what would you give it? Um, I would probably give it a three. This movie, to me, is it's a product of its time. Once we started getting into later, like two thousand teens, we started seeing a lot more of these. I don't want to say highbrow or elevated horror movies, but basically that's what it is. Where a majority of the tension and stuff is psychological and being like just fucked with, rather than actual like a slash it's not like a slasher or anything like that you know what i mean it's typical it reminds me of like the babadook and stuff like that it follows obviously different but same vibe 
and I don't even like the Babadook, but that movie does a, a lot better job, and I think that's why my score is low. No, like it wasn't it wasn't worthy of a one in my opinion. Um, it had to step up from it because of the acting, but the movie really does try to be elevated horror, and I feel like it fails horribly because I figured out the ending within the first oh shit what was it? it's a two hour movie and I think within 30 minutes I was like oh this is probably like I had two endings for it and one of them was correct that's fair and I remember when I watched the Babadook I was like oh maybe this is how it ends kind of unsure um, I don't think I was right on that one I definitely was not right on Hereditary right so you uh you said you'd give it a two out of five and you kind of talked about why it would be that so for anyone who hasn't seen it and is listening because we haven't given any spoilers yet what would your spoiler free plot summary be uh my spoiler free plot summary would be um two kids and their father go up to a remote cabin for the winter with their soon-to-be stepmom after their mother has uh, committed suicide and that's not really a spoiler because it happens in like the first five minutes yeah um, they go up to the cabin and the children are having a hard time accepting the fact that their mother is dead but the stepmom wants to be the defining factor in their lives uh, then the children find out that she's the surviving member of a cult that all killed themselves when they were when she was 12 and she's the last remaining member and then weird stuff starts happening at the cabin after the dad goes back into town for work and that is the lodge yep that's a that's a very very accurate spoiler free summary i think anything else would be too spoilerly like i don't think i said anything in there that was a spoiler no you didn't i mean i guess technically them going to the lodge and the dad leaving is a spoiler, but I'm pretty sure that's in the description of the movie itself. Like if yeah. you read the description on like IMDb or on Netflix or Hulu, because I'm pretty sure it's still on Hulu if you haven't watched it and are looking to. I watched it on Hulu. That is also where I watched it. But yeah, I would, uh, I would say overall two out of five, um, probably wouldn't seek it out if by the time this episode releases and it's not on Hulu anymore, it might be okay. Definitely don't pay for it. Don't rent it. If you can find it for free on like Tubi or something, then it's probably fine. Yeah. See, you're a little more critical than I am because like I said, I would give it a three out of five. It's very middle of the road. Like Taylor said, the twist in it is kind of, um, there is no twist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's a M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah, what happens is kind of foreseeable. There are a lot of foreshadowing and hints to it throughout the movie. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to it in the spoiler section because that'll be like the first thing that we talk about because pisses me off. Yeah, but beyond that, I don't have anything else for the spoiler-free section. Do you? No, because everything that I have that I want to talk about um, would ruin the movie. So we will roll the uh, spoiler music to let you know that we're transitioning. And um, if you would like to watch this movie, pause and then come back after you're done to 
hear us talk about why we gave it the scores that we did. And if you don't give a fuck about that, continue listening. So, Bailey, since you are the one that is editing this podcast and I'm talking to you in the future, roll the music. I just want to take a second to thank future Bailey for putting in the music like that. I know you feel underappreciated sometimes, but I'm here for you, bud. And I just want to say good job, future Bailey, because I carry this podcast, so it's nice to know that you do some work. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what I would do if I had more talking parts. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, oh, that was good. But anyway, um, I so wait, what did you figure out the twist? No. Like the first time you watched it. So the first time I watched it was shortly after it came out, and I didn't figure out the twist. Like I knew that. I was suspicious of the kids because of him bringing her the drink and just the way he was acting the whole time and, like, the writing on the bathroom mirror when he was watching her in the shower. Like, a lot of that stuff was like, oh, the kids are fucking with her. And I had subtitles on, and in the subtitles it says who's speaking. Oh, that's fucking funny. And it's saying who is speaking really, really spoils it. Because at one point it says it's Aiden speaking, over like the voices that grace is hearing on there it's captioned with who is speaking and it says aiden repent your sins wow and i was just like oh i was like that's funny that's wow okay i was very suspicious of the kids because i i guess knowing kind of where they're coming from because i have step parents you know yeah um so kind of knowing that intense hatred that you feel for your step parents in the beginning before you actually get to know them because you're like oh you're replacing my mom or my dad or whatever like i i get where they were coming from with it and i just want to say first of all that the, the little girl yeah oh my god so that kid, um, Leah McHugh, playing Mia, tore my fucking heart out when she was crying. Like, I felt like her mom really did die. I've seen this movie, this is my third time watching it, and every single time I tear up watching the scene of her uh, after her mother's suicide, not because I care about the mother's suicide, but because her acting is so convincing and her tears seem so real. Yeah, no, I don't give a fuck that the mom killed herself. Like, that was actually a really piss-poor suicide scene. It was. It stuck with me, surprisingly. Like, when I rewatched the movie, even after it being a couple years before I seen it, I immediately knew that was going to happen and was, like, bracing for it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not super graphic and it's not super drawn out, but because of how nonchalant it is, to me, that increases the impact of it. I felt like even that was scripted. Like, you could kind of tell. Well, no, you could tell, but... Because of the nonchalant nature of it and how she's just like, oh, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine, take a drink, and then not even pulling it out and looking at the gun, not even foreshadowing. It's just immediate gun out, boom. I thought that was done really well. I can see that. Like, I get it not being as impactful as, like, funny games on the scene where the people get fucked up and it just lingers on them for a long time or, you know, similar scenes in, like, The Strangers and stuff. Or even Martyrs. Yeah, or even would, Martyrs. Yeah, which I, I would say that opening scene is like, oh, that's yeah. where we're at? Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, that kid just opens the door, and then they just start blasting. <laughs> like, there is no warning. It's just open the door, kaboom. I don't know. I just want to take a moment and say that because, like, holy fuck, dude. That kid, oh, my God. 
it reminded me of Black Phone. Yeah. Or I guess it's the inverse because I saw this first. But when I saw Black Phone, the uh, actress um, in that reminded me of Leah in this. Or Mia is her character's name. Which I thought was also kind of funny because her character's name's Mia and her real name's Leah. Yeah. But anyway, the the part that... So, so having that in my mind, I was like, okay. Then their stuff starts missing and the power goes out. And I immediately was like... Okay, they're dead. This is going to be one of those stupid ones. And the moment that he brought that up, that he's like, well, what if we're dead? I'm like, oh, 100% they're fucking with her and they're trying to drive her insane because they just don't like her. Yeah. Like, as soon as he said that, because I kind of had my suspicions, like you said, um, when he brings her the, the coffee or the the drink or whatever. Yeah, after being super, like, standoffish, not talking to her, not accepting sandwiches that she offers to make him. Literally saying, I don't want to talk to you. We have nothing to talk about. And then... The next scene. The next scene, because she says, oh, so you're going to watch me in the shower? So that's one scene that made me, that foreshadowed the kids doing fucky shit. But another one actually happens the first night they're alone when grace is in her room and then mia comes and says oh i heard a voice and then as she walks out because her brother's not with her and then the door shuts of the room adjacent to the room that grace is in oh yeah yeah yeah, i know what you're talking about and it happens right after mia came and got her so obviously in my mind it was the brother in there doing that and mia leading her so that she would see the door shutting but not have an explanation for it. You know right. what I mean? Like the voice that she heard that she came and knocked about was played by them. Mm-hmm. No, there was that. Um, there was also the the fact that, and I really didn't like it because she knew that they were fucking with her, you know? At first. Like, no, but, but see, that was the thing that I didn't like was she openly says, where where is my stuff? Like, yeah. what are you, why are you doing this? You know, and then she stops when she sees that it was her, that like, like their stuff was gone too. Cause yeah. she goes through and she's like, where's your stuff at? Well, so see the reason that that was so effective and the reason it worked on Grace so well is because the night before Mia planted her doll in Grace's room. Right. And planting the doll in there started to make Grace question her sanity. It's gaslighting her. No, they they gaslight her the whole time. Yeah. Because they know that she's part of the cult, right? And then when they take her pills away, like, we don't know exactly what they were, but I would imagine they're some kind of antipsychotics or mood stabilizers or something like that. I would I would say that it's probably a mixture of of that because it seems like when she doesn't have them, she reverts back to her old ways so she needs a mood stabilizer and like an antipsychotic. i can't remember the exact name of it but there is a pill um that the nurses will give some of the patients that that have symptoms like that i just can't remember what the fuck it's called i've seen it yeah i know what it is and it's one of those funny things when um one of the kids are like yeah i'm on this fucking antipsychotic," and they'll just openly admit it i'm like all right crazy the Giving her the sleeping pills was kind of obvious. The static on the TV was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I don't really understand why that was in there. But, like, showing her uh, the thing. Yeah. 
showing her a movie that would that made her uncomfortable enough to where she was like, well, can we watch something else? And then showing her, I think the movie was Jack Frost. Yeah. Where the dad gets turned into the snowman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, the shift. One thing to that, boom. So, I just, that kid fucked. Like, those kids fucked around and they found out, like, very quickly. And I just don't understand why they thought that it was a good idea. Well, it's because they're young. The whole thing about it is, and the reason I like this movie, and I think 2 is a little bit low of a score, is because there's no villain in this movie. Like, you can say the kids are, you know, the bad guys because they steal her drugs and gaslight her to the point that she murders their father and then presumably kills both of them and herself. But they weren't doing it because they're evil kids. They were doing it because they missed their mother and they thought this woman was replacing her and they were upset about it and they wanted her gone. And she wasn't evil. She was damaged from a troubled childhood and had her stabilizers taken and then was gaslighted into insanity or back into insanity or whatever. So the reason I think this movie is done so well is because there's no villain. It's just... It's just one of those things that happens, and it's super possible. No, no, I completely disagree. And the reason I give it a low score is because the obvious, like, the kids are the villains. Like, Grace is not. Aiden and Mia are the villains of the whole movie. And and here's why, okay? They concocted an entire elaborate plan to gaslight a woman that they knew was fucking damaged. They knew that she was in a cult. They did enough research. But they're children. Okay, but see, but but here's what I'm saying. They still did it. They went to the extremes to have a plan in place, location, every like they planned everything down to a T. It wasn't like a practical joke thing because they specifically targeted her repentance yeah and they you know they had audio files of her father the cult leader and they had you know their obituaries or their you know in remembrance photos printed off like i get it like i get that they planned it they had the dollhouse showing the scene that they planned on you know using and see that right there tells you how long it took them to do because they had the like every scene in the dollhouse was what they recreated, which is one thing that I that's why I didn't get a one because the dollhouse was pretty cool. But every scene in the dollhouse was what they were planning to do, like that was their roadmap of everything. And the f- like, I don't, I don't know, like, they're it, it's really interesting that you say that they, there is no villain because I don't think that Grace is the villain, I think that it was two fucked up kids that drove her to the point of insanity and then decided when she was going to kill them that they fucked up and then they become nice. Well, it's not even that they become nice. They're children. Children are ignorant. There, I'm sure there are a lot of things that you did as a child looking back that you regret doing and wouldn't do now. Totally different. It's, it's not. No, it is. Because the childlike innocence, okay, slips away when you do shit like that well it's it's a matter of opinion because i don't think they knew what they were doing like they knew what they were doing but they didn't recognize what repercussions could be like they knew they were going to drive her to insanity like that was the goal 
that might have been the goal, but they didn't know the extent that it would go. They didn't know that she'd have a gun. They didn't know that they might have been able to assume, but you're trying to put your adult intelligence and adult understanding of how crazy some people can be onto a child. You well, no, because I mean? because I, you're underestimating, you're underestimating them. I think you're overestimating them. No, because <laughs> no, you know, I work with with teenagers. I right, I work teenagers. with kids. No, they are. I think she's like six or seven, and he's like no twelve. No, you don't think so? No. How old are they? How old are they supposed to be? I don't know. I'm not that kind of doctor. I don't. I don't have kids. I don't interact with kids, so I don't actually know. No, he's easily in his teens. Is he? Yeah, easily. He is completely cognizant of the world around him and knows what's going. Like he is in his teens. See, he is I'm, a moody teenager. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to just now be going through puberty, and that's why his answer to why he was staring at her in the bathroom was hormones, because he's just going through puberty, which is like 12 or 13. No, he's like 14, 15. He's like 40. He's 14. Like I put him at 14 and put her at like 12, 11, 12. See, I put her at like seven, eight tops and put him at like 12 tops, 12, 13 tops. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not that kind of doctor. No, I got to Google it now because like, I mean, that's what I thought. Even if, even if he is 12, I mean, even if he is 15 or 16. Laura's death traumatized her 17-year-old son, Aiden, and 12-year-old daughter, Mia. He's supposed to be 17? Fuck you. Okay. He's 17. He knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. So did she. Go fuck yourself. Well, they are the villains. If she's 12, maybe. And him being 17, he he probably knew. No, he no, no. There is no probably. He definitely knew what he was doing. He concocted a plan. He's supposed to be 17. No, yeah. Literally says 17. That's, I, I don't. That's, that's why he surprising. said, that's why he said, fuck you and fuck off. And his dad didn't do anything because he was a 17 year old. I don't know. I started saying shit like that when I was pretty little and my parents didn't say anything after like the first month of me telling them to fuck off. Like they gave up on me not cussing very shortly after I decided it was the thing I was going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of, I'm upset that I put him at 14 and he was 17, but I was like way closer than you. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Because yeah, like he knew what he was doing and that's the thing. You were underestimating him being like, oh, you know, they're they're young. They don't know. No, you have to have a level of intelligence to plan something like that out. Like you have to know if you're intelligent enough to put into play a pulley system where you can hang yourself That's and then be like, oh, I'm not. Look, see, we can't die, Grace. We can't fucking die. You have to be cognizant enough to know what is going to happen. I mean, I don't I don't think so, man. I, st- I steal steal i still feel like they didn't intentionally know what was going to happen like yeah they fucked with her yeah they did hood rat shit they shouldn't have done but to say that they knew that she was going to go crazy and have access to a gun and kill their dad and then like i said presumably kill all of them is unreasonable i would venture no no i would say like the way that i've thought of this movie is that they wanted her to kill herself i don't think so that they were driving her to suicide I don't think so. I They were going to drive her to be so fucking crazy that she either kills herself or the dad, Richard, leaves and then she kills herself. Like, that was, that was the end goal. 
so then making her leave or making uh richard not want to be with her anymore is totally something i could believe but i don't think they wanted her to die because aiden tried to stop her when she was like i'm gonna walk to town he was like are you kidding you're gonna go out there and die he was like you won't survive he was like you leave you die no he did that because he knew that she was taking care of them like that was for his own pure selfish reasons I don't think so, because she wasn't taking care of them at all. Yeah, she was. Especially not if he's 17. I mean, you thought he was 12. Like, I'm literally playing this with you thinking that they're the wrong age. But even being 12, when I was 12, I could make beans and crackers myself, because that's what they eat after he hides the food, which he knows where it is. Like, they both know where it is. They were never in any danger at all. No, they knew exactly. The only thing that they were actually in danger of was no power. And the virus freezing. And they could turn the power back on. Well, no, they couldn't because he tried doing the generator and it wouldn't work. I like, mean, he tries the generator and he, he can't get it. At the beginning? No, even at the end. Really? Yeah, at the end because oh, he's yeah, like, because fuck, he can't get their fuck. phones to charge. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because he, he realizes they fucked up because he, she goes crazy. But he doesn't know that. He's still, when she leaves, he's still under the impression that they're fine. Yeah, the moment he realizes they fucked up is when he she goes outside in his crater like they killed the dog i don't think that was intentional i think that was intentional it might have been intentional from aiden but i don't think it was for mia because mia was so upset about it she was yeah she did cry and say she left the door open yeah i don't think that was intentional and if it was it wasn't mia right but okay so we've talked a lot about like the basic things that happened in it do you think there's any allegory or metaphor or anything deeper to this movie? No. No, you don't think it's a metaphor or al- allegory for purgatory? No, I no. never. Okay. I mean, I guess I could see it, but I think that it would be, if anything, it's the deeper meaning of maybe give your step-parents a fucking chance. They're not trying to replace your family. They're not trying to replace your mom or dad. Give them a small pass. Give them a small pass because they are trying. If anything, that's what that is. You know, like the acceptance of that, that would be the the deeper. But I don't think this movie has a deeper meaning. I think that it tries. And I think that you saying a deeper meaning and allegory for purgatory was the intent but it never gets there. There isn't anything that makes me go, oh, you know, or it could be an allegory for for hell, even. Well, so that's actually interesting, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because hell isn't mentioned at all in the movie. But even, it is. Is it? it? It is in the sense that he's, because they say, you know, how are they going to go to heaven? Right, but that's not mentioning hell. Like, yes, you're right. Hell is referenced or alluded to, but it's never stated. Purgatory is mentioned multiple times. Heaven's mentioned a few times, but hell is never specifically mentioned. Right, because they're afraid to do it. Is that I think I think they're just afraid to, to say it or something. But no, you're right. It's never mentioned, but it's alluded to. And if you don't go to heaven, what happens? Purgatory. You go to hell. Purgatory is the waiting place. If we take the... If we take the concept of purgatory that was created in Dante's Inferno, um, purgatory is the waiting place, the holding cell. 
if you will, where nothing happens and you wouldn't get into purgatory if you, you know, it's your waiting to either go to heaven or hell. I think in Dante's Inferno, when you get to purgatory, you're waiting to get into heaven and have to be judged to get into heaven after he fights his way out of hell. Well, so that's why, that's why I would say this is purgatory and not hell because this is their, this suffering is their redemption. Like that's her, that's Grace's whole point. In, right and hurting herself and like burning her knees and doing all that is putting yourself in pain and purgatory is the way to repent to be accepted into heaven through the eyes of the cold yeah th- yeah i'm not saying at all that that's my opinion or what i think i'm saying that's what her character believes right this is what this is what the cult instilled upon her that her father instilled yeah it was, I was just wondering. I didn't know. I don't really see it very much either. Like, I can see how someone could argue it, but it's not something that I thought was enough there to warrant legitimate discussion. It's a weak yeah. argument. I think you could, you, would make the, you could make the argument of accepting your step-parents a lot easier than you can make the argument of purgatory. Well, I don't know about that because this movie shows that you shouldn't accept your step-parents because— your step parent might kill you and murder your actual parent. If you're a piece of shit and drive them to it, like yeah. <laughs> if if you yeah, this is your fault. You literally fucked around. All of that could have happened if she had just forgotten her pills in the first place. We don't know how much of that was them gaslighting her and how much of that was her already being crazy though, bro. No, it was hundred percent both. I mean, I agree that it was them gaslighting her. I'm just saying. Like yeah, it was more of them. Like it was a mixture of both, because she was controlling. The psychosis, I guess, with the pills. Yeah. But them gaslighting her, yeah, that was that was what set her over the edge. Definitely a step too far. Were there any specific scenes during this movie that you were just like, oh, that's a cool-ass scene? Besides when Mia cries, every time that Mia cries. Like, every time that Mia cries, yeah. I just really, really liked that kid. I'm trying to think. Uh, let me. The um, Jaden Martell, who plays Aiden, yeah, was also Bill in um, Young Bill in It. I don't know if we mentioned. I don't think we mentioned that. We did not. I didn't really like him in this movie. I didn't like him as much as I've liked him in other things he's been in. It was a very weak performance. I don't think it was so much a weak performance as that he was supposed to be an unlikable character. I guess I don't know. Riley Co. I think that's how you pronounce that last name. Yeah, Grace. Yeah, she um did a really good job, I thought, of juggling the thin line between sane and insane. The veil of insanity was slowly starting to, or the veil of sanity was starting to rip. And I think that she did a very good job with that. Um, Richard, who plays Richard, ironically enough, I don't think, yeah, that's, that's really his name. That was funny. I don't think he was in the movie enough to be able to warrant whether or not he was good. That's how I feel. But, I mean, overall, overall, Leah carries the movie more than anything. And I would say that any any scene involving her is good, but I don't think there was really a standout scene. The only standout scene would be when she burns her knees. Like, that was... Intense. That was an intense one. And then maybe the ending we can talk about where she drags their dad to the table to eat beans with him being dead and then duct tapes her mouth with the sin and duct tapes their mouth with sin which was the same way that the cult cult members 
So it's it's very it's not highly unlikely that she murdered both of them and then herself because that's the way the cult members went out. Yeah. We don't see it. We don't know. Well, the fact that it alludes to the gun after she puts the tape, like it lingers on the gun for a second before it starts rolling the credits, to me is a clear indication that she's about to at least kill one of them in herself. She might leave Mia alive to propagate yeah, propagate the cult, especially since you said that she's 12, which is the same age. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about it like that. But that's that's, a, that's a good point. This is the first time I've thought about it like that because of the age difference. Or so yeah, yeah. It, it it could it could be bad, but so the only other scene that I want to talk about that we haven't talked about is also a Mia scene. It's when they're releasing the balloons and the balloon with the doll that is you know the doll she carries throughout. I think it's supposed to represent her mother. Yeah, the spirit of her mom. Yeah, when it dropped back down, I thought that was, I thought that was powerful, especially for like the thematic elements of the movie. I yeah no I really enjoyed that one because everybody else releases their balloon and even the way that they kind of like go to release the balloons and then hold off on it and you can still see her fucking around with it and then they release and then she finally ties it and goes to release and it comes back down and she just rips it off and lets it go I thought that was a very powerful scene absolutely I mean Mia really carries the whole movie honestly um, if I had to create a new section called number one character the goat of the whole movie uh, it'd be Mia. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like, I don't, I didn't, and that's another part of the reason why my score is so low. I didn't really care about any of the characters, but Mia, like, I didn't even really care about Grace. Uh, Grace was <laughs> a good character, but I didn't really care. No, I, I think that if it wanted us to be more sympathetic towards Grace, it should have focused on her at the beginning rather than it focusing on the children's reactions to her. Right. Uh, I But I think that was a directorial choice. It was to paint her as the bad guy. Yeah, or as like a crazy person. Right, because we don't really care. Yeah. But no, it didn't really pay much attention to her, and I thought that that was a little upsetting because I think that she would have been she was probably okay. She would be the second best character. And then give a fuck about Aiden. Um, I thought Aiden's character was okay. I don't think it was as... Like I said, I don't think it was as good as uh, previous roles he's been in. I'm Aiden. I'm a whiny little bitch. Uh, my mom died and you're trying to replace her, so I'm going to make you fucking leave. Even if it's permanently. Uh. I mean, no, I hear that. I But I don't think his character being poor compared to his previous characters is a him being a bad actor thing i think that it's just his character wasn't written as strongly his character wasn't written well at all it's not i don't think it's him i think that he just chose a shitty role because the character wasn't fleshed out i think that he tries yeah but he just can't there's no way no do you have anything else for this movie I, i i don't i really don't i i tried but yeah wouldn't recommend watching it if you watch it for free or whatever that's fine i think that it's funny that you said I'm the overly critical one. I I mean I think you're being a little overly critical of this movie, but I have to. No, I feel that. Like I'm here for it. I'm not opposed to you shitting on it. This podcast has made me overly critical of every movie I watch. I don't watch movies for fun and enjoyment anymore. I go, ah, oh, could have done that shit better. How many movies have you made? Have I made? Yeah. In my head. No, in 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 real life. None, but I know. So how do you know you could do it better, asshole? Because I fucking could. 
I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I know I could. I see the way they do the scenes, and I'm like, ah, oh, I, I could do that way better. And just take everyone's clothes off, and suddenly it becomes a bearable movie. Not, oh, yeah. Not, not this, but in general, that would make most movies better. Yeah, if they all just strip down naked. You know what? We're just going to write a movie called Nude. Yeah. And everybody's going to be naked the whole time. And it's just going to be like a slice of life. It's basically going to be just a day at this random bar, but everyone in it's naked. And but they're they never know. going to acknowledge the nudity at all. No, because they don't know. Yeah, they're all just, it's going to be a regular day ordering drinks, shooting pool, hanging out. And it's going to be like a 12 hour long movie of this fixed angle inside this bar where everyone's naked. Until eventually somebody says, why are we naked? And then everybody fucking goes into a frenzy and kills each other. Well, no, someone's going to walk in, walk in with clothes on. And all the naked patrons are going to look at him the way you'd look at, like, someone who walked into a bar naked now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it'll be an allegory for how we live our lives exposed. And the only people that are normal are the ones that hold in their emotions and cover themselves up and don't expose themselves like everybody else does. And that's what the allegory is. I don't know about all that, but... Oh. <laughs> this is called Elevated Horror, Bitch. So what do you have for uh, Taylor's talk today, my friend? Oh, you don't want to talk about this anymore? You're like, ah, oh, let's just skip into the good shit. Well, no, it's, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin our movie before we release it. Okay, that's, that's fair. Uh, so today for Taylor Talk, I want to talk about a murder mystery cold case that I personally have been following since 2017 that recently got some updates. So you, whenever we release this episode, you can kind of figure it out based off of this. Uh, but I want to talk about the Snapchat murders, a.k.a. the Delphi murder. Okay. So let me take you back to that cold, cold day in Delphi, Indiana, February 14th, 2017. Okay. Abigail and uh, Abigail Williams and Liberty Lynn, Liberty Roseland, don't go to school. Taking the day off, right? They decide to go to a park. Sister drops them off, says they'll be back in like, I think it's like an hour or two or whatever, letting them do their thing. Completely innocent. Everything's fine. Dad's supposed to come and pick them up at designated time. They're going to go walk the path. They're going to come back. Dad comes. Nowhere to be found. Dad waits. Nobody comes. Neither of the girls come. So they call. Phone rings. Nobody answers. File a missing person report. Um, and it takes them a little while before they finally find the bodies of the two girls. It was the next day. It was, yeah. Because they died on February 13th. Or they died one day and they were found the next. I thought they died on the 14th. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, w but it took a while for them to find them because I think that it was getting dark because they found them pretty early. If I remember correctly, the next morning, uh, when basically whenever daylight happens, they find the bodies and they were not like, I don't know how to say it. Um, it, it wasn't really apparent what had happened. Like, obviously they were dead, but there wasn't any activity, if that makes sense. Like yeah. the bodies were kind of put neatly in place and left alone and looked like they had been slightly cared for and weren't just discarded discarded yeah it wasn't like they were they weren't posed or anything um but they were kind of laying there neat and uh what was it? i think it was abby that had the phone where she started recording on the bridge that they were walking on was a train track bridge that you know if 
uh, kind of reminds me of the scene in the um, what's the fucking Stephen King movie with the four boys? Stand by me. Yeah, stand by me, where they're walking on the uh, train tracks. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. And they have a and they find a video, and it's like a two minute video that she recorded of this man that is following behind them, and he's not walking. He's he's walking. He's not running. But he has his hands in his pockets and his head's down. You can't see his face. It's obscured, but you can see what he's wearing. And the next thing that the police released was the audio that says, uh, go down the hill is what it was. Kind of, you know, ordering them to go down, which the bottom of the hill is where their bodies were found. So it's safe to assume that this is when the tragedy struck afterwards. But nobody could figure it out. There were tons of, there were like two sketches that were done of a presumably a white middle-aged man yeah, is what it looked like. And there were other locals who had seen a man that kind of matched this description, which made the second drawing that looked completely different of a guy that was wandering around the park at the same time uh, that the two girls went missing. So I remember, I remember watching that and thinking, Oh, well it's 2017. Come on. Like they're going to find him. Yeah. Super fast. Yeah. It was super fast. Like, uh, what was it, 2018, 2019, when the Golden State Killer was finally revealed? Um, I think it was a little... It was either... I think it was 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. It might have been 2018. Well, because I remember, I remember in the back of my mind um, when the next year passed and they hadn't figured out who killed the two girls, I was like, oh, shit. Is this really going to go unsolved? Like, I was mad because they were they were young. They were, like, 13, 14, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I was like, come on. They're this It's 2017. Someone has to know what happened to them. I mean, you can't just get away with that in today's time. And then the Golden State Killer stuff came out, and it was like, oh, he's been identified and caught. Because that was, like, 2019, right around when COVID hit. And it was – because I remember, like, his trial, he was wearing a mask. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, well, if they can identify the Golden State Killer – there is no fucking way that Abby and Liberty won't get justice, right? Right. But it never happened. Well, it did. Or it is. It is. Um, because at that time, I was like, oh, it's not. And then all of a sudden, we get an update. And it's 2022. And I'm thinking, holy shit, because this news flash pops up. And Richard Allen has been convicted or he hasn't been convicted, he's been arrested. He's like the prime suspect in the Delphi murders. And as of now, we don't really have anything. Uh, the only update that I was really able to find is that he has a court hearing and that he was a local at a bar and he would purposely sit in front of the police sketch, like the first police sketch that doesn't really look like him at all. But he would sit in front of that and there's even a picture that was released of him and presumably his wife where he would be sitting in front of it, and then he would talk to the local patrons at the bar. Um, but he, but this kind of brings this this thought process in, right? Because he was a outstanding member of the community, kind of a dude that you wouldn't really expect. Just normal-ass guy that maybe talked about the murders a little too much, but now, you know, it's like he got convicted five years later and has a trial set, and, and the police are... Arrested five years later. Or he's, yeah, he's arrested five years later, hasn't been convicted, but he pretty much has because the police know that it was him, but they won't say how. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm like, I'm super happy about it because justice is finally going to be served. This was one of those things where it should have happened a lot sooner. 
but I'm glad that it's finally done. So I just, I don't know how much you know about the Delphi murders. I mean, I don't know. Everything I know is basically just public knowledge. And yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm glad that he was arrested. There have been a few people that I, I think that have been suspected over the years. But based on my understanding, this is the most likely person. So that's very exciting. And hopefully if he is the one who did it, and they have enough evidence to prove it, he goes to jail for a very long time or is put to death because, you know, you shouldn't kill children. Well, they they don't have... They have him in a separate holding facility because if they put him in Gen Bob, he will die. Well, I mean, that's how it like, works with stuff like that. Right, and they know it. <clears throat> they know that because of what he has been... Uh, not convicted of. Accused. Oh, accused. What he's been accused of would warrant his death. Uh, and the, the really interesting thing is he wasn't one of the suspects, um, but he lived like a mile from the park. Or no, he lived a mile from, um, it was either Abbey or Liberty, one of the two. Like He lived like a mile from their house in the same neighborhood. So it was pretty apparent that that was the guy, but he wasn't ever on the list. Right. And you're right, there were tons of people that all had alibis, everything checked out, and it was they thought it was one guy, um, and I can't remember this dude, but uh, basically he had a, oh, how do I say this? I don't know how to say this without getting flagged. He had a, um, uh, what is it? What do they say? Cheese pizza, you know? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, he had a cheese pizza oh, okay, never ring. Mind. Yeah. Where he would take images of random people, because he's like a fat, ugly dude that were hot and he would get into contact with teenage girls and one of those teenage girls was liberty that he was connected with um so it was kind of one of those things where he has this proof and i'm wondering if that's kind of how they caught him because apparently he shared the account with multiple people that's fair which is a really scary thought you know Dude, there are so many creepy people online doing creepy things. Like, I guess that's, like, one of the things that I don't think about. Because, like, I, I know that they're out there, right? But it's just kind of one of those things that you put in the back of your mind, and you're like, oh, well, I guess it happens. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, what parents have been telling us since the late 90s and early 2000s. Don't meet strangers on the Internet because they might be some you know, overweight middle-aged man sitting behind his computer pretending to be a, you know, girl or a teenage girl or whatever. Or, in this case, a teenage boy. Well, that's why the show Catfish is so popular. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, like, a real everyday thing. Yeah, because it's not, it's never who you think it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever been catfished? I've been catfished twice. So, I'm not going to say that I have been catfished because... I, I'm, I'm going to say I haven't been knowingly catfished. The likelihood of me being catfished is pretty high, especially since I talked to a lot of random people on the internet when I was a kid. But I've never, I've never known about it, if that's the case. So I don't, I don't know. It's like a 50-50 shot. No, I've, I've been catfished twice. One of them was in high school by a student in a couple grades above me. Oh, that's, Which, that's all the information I'm going to give on the podcast, obviously. Right. I know what you're talking yeah, about. No, yeah, I know. Every, pretty much everybody. Everybody. Yeah. 
but yeah, I was that happened, and then I was also catfished once a few years before that in middle school, but it was just a and not it was it was nothing major. Have you ever catfished somebody? No. Oh. No, I mean I've made accounts with names that weren't me before, but it was never with the intention of convincing someone that I was someone I wasn't. It was just like role playing stuff for like online role playing groups and stuff if that makes sense so i don't know if it's like catfishing but i mean i guess it technically is because every time i get a uh, random number that texts me and they think that i'm somebody else i will pretend to be that person yeah that's catfishing for then sure. yeah i've catfished <laughs> a fuck ton of people i'm sure this one woman was probably really really mad at her husband because that's who she was texting and that's who i was pretending to be and she was like can you put on coffee and I was like, yeah, I'll put on coffee. Absolutely. What kind do you want? And then she told me, and I said, cream and sugar. And she was like, oh, yeah, how, you know, thank you for remembering. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you gotcha. Um, she never got it. Like, I don't know if she ever got it, but I'm sure that there was probably a fight whenever she got home because I was very adamant that I was going to do it. Yeah, I'll make you the best cup of coffee you've ever had, babe. No problem. Oh, yeah. And the last one I did, this person was like, uh, what was it, James? And I'm like, yeah, you I remember when we were watching Clerks and I was fucking around with that, and you're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm just I was bored." Yeah, she never texted me back after I was like, "I think we need to see other people." That's funny. So yeah, I have catfish people, but anyway, do you like true crime? You like mysteries? I mean, true crime's not. I mean, it's okay. There are a couple true crime podcasts that I've listened to historically or watched YouTube videos of. Who's your favorite serial killer? I don't really have a favorite serial killer. You have to. I, I really don't. There's always one that sticks out more than the others. So I don't want to use the word favorite, but a serial killer that's always interested me is like Albert Fish. Okay, yeah, he's a, he's he's kind of fucked up. Ed Gein is another one that really interests me, but that's just because he's the inspiration, or roughly the inspiration behind Norman Bates from Psycho and Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, he kind of was just schizophrenic, though. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I don't have a favorite, but those are two that I've enjoyed learning about simply because they're interesting. But I want to very strongly iterate, they aren't my favorites. I don't have a favorite. I think everything they did was very, very wrong. Well, yeah, no, I'm like, when I say, like, my favorite serial killer, you know, I'm like, not trying, I'm not praising them. Like, it's not natural born killers, you know? Yeah. Not Um, Mickey and or mickey and mallory mickey yeah i love that. i love that movie with uh woody harrelson yeah woody harrelson and juliet lewis uh, and it also has young robert downey jr yes it does and it also has tommy lee jones yes yes it does and it was also the movie that got oliver stone slapped in the fucking face it by was quentin tarantino yeah I, that's what i was about to say it was also written not. kind of by no. tarantino the idea is Quentin Tarantino's, but the script is not at all, and that's why he slapped him, because he basically looked at the script, said, this is fucking stupid, and rewrote the entire thing. So it's, just, it's a concept. Like, the concept is there, but it's not the same. But no, I would say my, my favorite is uh, Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer. Um, he was featured pretty prominently in the Netflix show Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, I did, what was it? I had to do a report in college over a serial killer. 
um, forgot what class it was for, but everybody always picked like the the classics, like the you know Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez. Oh come on, there's two more. There's two more that everybody always picks. Gacy. Yep, and one more. Zodiac. Oh no, not the Zodiac. Jack the Ripper. Not Jack the Ripper. Uh, I have no idea. The the next one I the only other one I can think of right now that we haven't already mentioned is the woman in Florida, the hitchhiker lady. Oh, Eileen Warnos. Yes, Warnos. Oh, it's the, it's the the Green River Killer. The Green River Killer. Oh, you. Oh, know I I know of the Green River Killer, but I don't know who it is. Gary Ridgway. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not super familiar. He was just oh, so fun fact about that one. Um, Ted Bundy actually helped on that case. Um, which was the inspiration for Hannibal Lecter hmm. when he when he helps. It was because of that. He didn't really help him though because he wasn't caught until like two thousand one. But that was because he was fucking stupid and dumped the bodies in the same location. Uh, but I had to pick a new one because I was like, oh, was well, what's one that nobody really knows of? And Edmund Kemper is a very interesting motherfucker because you wouldn't know. That he kills people. And it was really funny because after he killed his mom. It was totally fine. He was all better. Totally fine. Lost all desire to. But his mom was also like a piece of shit. So. Because he. Uh, remind Because his parents got into a divorce. Right. And. His mom hated his dad. And he looked a lot like his dad. So she would chain him to the floor. In the basement. And make him sleep there. So that way she didn't have to see him or hear him because he looked too much like his dad. So then she just like beat the shit out of him and it goes, and it's like, Oh, well, no wonder you fucking killed her. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I get it, but I'm not saying I get it either, but, if but you I get it. your children and then they do mean things to you. You shouldn't be like, Oh, I don't understand why my child that I abused did this mean thing to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, what you get. It's like when you beat a dog. Yeah, and then it bites you. You're not like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not trying to say that people are children of dogs, but... Well, no, it's the, it's the same concept, though. Absolutely. So, yeah, this got real dark. This has been a really dark episode. And with that... <laughs> and with that, um, Bailey... This has been Two Idiots, One Podcast. No, no, I'm sorry. What do you got? No, is there anything else? Is there something that you wanted to talk about? If I gave the mic to you, what would you say? If I if you gave the mic to me, I would tell everybody to follow us on social media. Our link tree is in the description wherever you're listening to this. And to email us any questions to 2idiots1podcast2022 at gmail.com. And to message us on Facebook, like us, comment, share our stuff, tell your friends about us. You know, all of that. That's what I would say if you were to give me the mic for like two minutes or 30 seconds or however long that was. Oh, that could be a new segment. <laughs> two minute plug. Yeah. Yeah. But that's um all I have. Do you have anything else, Taylor? Uh, No, I don't. So well, with that being said, this has been Two Idiots, One Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Bailey. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening. And I want to thank you one more time for taking the time out of your day to listen to me and Taylor ramble about nonsense for an indiscriminate amount of time. Probably like an hour. Yeah, probably an hour. But if I, uh, if I don't see you again, good morning, good night, good, or what is it? Good, good morning, morning, good afternoon, noon, good night. Good night. Yeah. Okay, Mister Mister Truman Show. 
Uh, was that a callback to a later episode? Previous episode. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe you should go back and listen to that one if you don't know what that is. But in case I'm going to see you again. Yep. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good, afternoon. Good, Good night. night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.